Welcome to the Bringing Her Hope podcast. I'm Bethany Bravery, and I'm thrilled that you are here. Each week, I invite a girlfriend on the podcast to share not only the story that God is writing for her, but the story that God is redeeming in her life. I cannot wait for you to meet each and every one of these amazing women who I know will inspire you to also live out the story that God is calling you to, and to give you hope that He will be faithful to redeem your story as well. My guest today is author Heather Creekmore. In Heather's 30s, she saw how her lifelong obsession with body image was really a stronghold in her life. And today we're unpacking the topic of how to live a comparison-free life and how that it, that life, it leads to joy and peace and rest in the Lord. Hey friends, Bethany Braver here. Welcome back to another episode of the Bringing Her Hope podcast. I am so excited about today's interview. This is my new friend, Heather Creekmore. Heather, thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure, Bethany. It's great to be with you. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I am a mom of four. I'm a pastor's wife uh, and I write and I speak. I have a podcast as well. And, you know, my passion, my heart is really to help women struggling with body image and comparison mm. issues. And honestly, Bethany, and I'm going to share my story in just a minute, but this is something I never in a million years mm. thought I would be talking about publicly, right? Yeah. These are the things that I struggled with secretly for most yeah. of my life. And so now it's really a surprise to me, but also a great honor and privilege mm. to have the opportunity to coach women, encourage women through my books and um, through my speaking opportunities and, um, and just shed some, what I hope is light and truth mm. on these issues that keep so many women bound. I love that. And you made an incredible point that it's oftentimes the things that we walk through that feel like our I don't know, like ugly stories right. that are the things we're like, Lord, please don't make me right. use that. And he's like, oh, girl, that's your platform. Here right. I go. So I, I totally so hear right. that. I have, so I have right. watched through divorce and um, that is like the last thing that I want to talk about, right? Because mm-hmm. it's pain right. and it's hurt. And um, I just was able to speak at my uh, first single mom's conference in February. And it was like, oh, we have to go through it in order to be yeah. able to encourage others in it. So right. I want to encourage whoever's listening or watching today in that, that you, the thing that might feel the yuckiest in your life, the thing that you might want to hide the most might be the something that the Lord's going to use. And he redeems it, right? And he uses Amen. it as a multiplication factor. It's not just through our story, but for other people. So I Amen. love that. We're just getting started, but this is good. I love it. <laughs> and so today, friends, we're going to be talking about how to live a comparison-free life. So Heather, why don't you take us on your journey, friend? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, my journey started, Bethany, way back in elementary school. Mm. Like I remember a time when I decided that my legs were too big. And, um, and from there I started dieting by high school. I was doing a diet called see how long I can go without eating Mm. my college. I lost my period, my sophomore year of college. Um, and really didn't have any idea Mm. that what I was struggling with was anything out of the normal. I I sincerely believed that every woman on the face of the earth obsessed over her size and her (laughs) weight and her calories and all of those things. I just thought that was normal and Mm. I was a normal girl problem. And this was a normal girl problem. And so, you know, to kind of back up just a little bit, I was raised in a Christian home. I started going to Christian school in seventh grade, Mm -hmm. all the way through graduate 
graduate school. So I knew the Bible. I knew the word of God. I knew I was fearfully and wonderfully made. I knew Mm -hmm. I was God's masterpiece. I knew I was a daughter of the king. I knew I was made in his image. I knew all of these things, right? But when it came right down to it, I would think about that fearfully and wonderfully made verse. And I would look around and be like, yeah, God, I wish I was a little bit better fearfully and wonderfully (laughs) made like her. Or why aren't I a masterpiece like she is? Like, am I lower gallery and she's like upper gallery? (laughs) Like, like, I think you've got something wrong on this masterpiece Mm -hmm. thing because I don't feel like a masterpiece. And so, you know, raised raised in the church, like I knew the scripture and yet I still had this thing. I I had this thing that I thought was a normal girl problem where I was obsessing constantly over my appearance. And and part of that, of course, is the comparison issue, right? Because when we are obsessed over something about us, normally something has inspired that, (laughs) right? Normally we've seen something or someone and thought that is better. That's what I should be. That's what I should be like. And so that was a very real part of my story. Um, but, you know, the, the interesting thing is, you know, because I knew God in Jesus, right? I, yeah. I knew the God in Jesus answer for everything. Mm-hmm. But I really didn't feel like this was a God in Jesus uh, problem to mm-hmm. be solved. I really had kind of sectioned off yeah. this part of my life as something that would be solved if I could just change my body. Right. Like it's, this wasn't a spiritual issue. This was a weight loss issue. This was a dieting issue. This was a discipline issue. Mm -hmm. I could just be better with my food. If Mm -hmm. I could just be better with my exercise, then all of these problems would be solved when I had my dream body, then my body image issues would disappear. But Bethany, my story is I, um, I, I, I tried everything, right? I tried all the diets, but I remember being in my early twenties and going to a gym and looking at the fitness instructors and thinking to myself, if I could just look like one of them, I bet I wouldn't struggle anymore. And so I actually, even though I have a master's degree in public policy, I had, I had high level jobs in nonprofits. I actually made it my goal to become a fitness instructor thinking that would fix my body image issues. And it didn't. Mm. I remember standing in front of a kickboxing class uh, the first day teaching and looking around that class thinking, uh, this has not worked. She uh-huh. still looks better than I do. She has a better high kick than I do. And mm-hmm. then the imposter syndrome kind of settles in, right? Where it's like, I probably yeah. shouldn't even be up here. <laughs> I, I'm not even good enough to teach this. And yeah. so I thought that like getting the body, getting in shape, getting to the size, I thought that would fix it. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. And then I convinced myself that getting married would fix it, right? Yeah. Like that was my problem. I was still single. If I had a man, then I, you know, wouldn't feel like I had any body image issues anymore. And that didn't fix it either. (laughs) In fact, I think in a way it made it worse Mm. because suddenly I felt all this pressure like, oh, who else is he going to see and compare to me and decide that maybe I'm not as good as the woman Mm. he sees on television or the woman he works with. And so all of these thoughts combined with my body image issues were crazy making. I mean, I... (laughs) I was not a very fun person to be married to. I Um, I was just going to say, you know, how does that as a wife affect your marriage, even on his perspective? I mean, were there even words of affirmation that he could give you that you could even receive? 
No, he could never do enough. Yeah. And I mean, so I'll give you a little insight as to yeah. just how, how loony I was. And I, I can call myself loony. Yeah. I never call anyone yeah. else that. <laughs> but but yeah. I, I would actually tell him if he said, oh, you look nice or you look mm -hmm. good if you're going somewhere. I'd be like, that's like, don't use those words. Mm -hmm. You have to use superlatives. Like mm -hmm. I have to look the best. Like you need to tell mm -hmm. me that I am the prettiest. Mm -hmm. I am the hottest. Mm -hmm. I am the whatever. I mean, that's yeah. the level. And I thought like he just wasn't using the right compliments, right? Like, mm -hmm. he, or he just wasn't delivering it right. You know? Yeah. And so I would try to like coach and steer and no, if it was like this and, and put it all on him mm -hmm. thinking that he could fix it. But you are absolutely right. My issues were so deep everything mm -hmm. he said just bounced right off and everything he said I would analyze as oh well you just have to say that because you're married to me or yeah. you know so so yeah. I could find a way to degrade any kind of words of affirmation he sent my way nothing yeah. was ever going to be enough until I realized that my problem was with me not, right. <laughs> not with him right. um and so then I had I, I had kind of one last straw I'd like to call it where mm. I really believed and this is gonna. This seems so silly to anyone. And by the <laughs> way, I'm a mom. You are saying <laughs> silly. All of us women are like, oh, that's yeah. Me. Yeah. 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 I really yeah. thought this though. I really believed that if I could be a mom, mm. then I wouldn't struggle anymore. Mm -hmm. Because so remember, most of my thoughts are consumed with yeah. my size and my weight yeah. and what I look like. And so mm -hmm. I really believed. If I could just become a mom, I would have these little people to keep alive. And then that would be such, so much more important, right? Like such a bigger yeah. calling that I would be free from this self-obsession. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work at all, of course. I mean, no one who's pregnant, well, I shouldn't say yeah. no one, but most yeah. of us yes. who have gone through pregnancy, that's yeah. not really a great time for body image, right. Right? right? And so, of course, that didn't solve anything. And then I just mm -hmm. had children and found myself obsessing over, well, now I don't even have time to mm -hmm. exercise like I need to exercise or to think about my food like I need to think about my food if I'm going to try to maintain this certain size or whatever right. and so then it just became this frustrating thing but really Bethany through all of that I would tell you that I didn't really feel like I had a testimony mm. right like I, I could I knew I was a Christian you know, I grew up in church, never left the church, never strayed, never had this wild streak of rebellion I mean yeah. I was pretty vanilla okay yeah, yeah. But through all of that, I never saw that I had a spiritual issue that mm. Jesus was able to redeem. Mm. It wasn't until I was in my mid-30s, and my husband was actually preparing for ministry. He was a Marine. He was a Marine fighter pilot, but God called him into the ministry, and so we were getting ready. We were leaving the Marine Corps, and he was going to go to seminary, and we were going to plant a church. And he was listening to a sermon online, and we didn't have AirPods back yeah. then, and he liked to walk around. So it was just kind of blaring through the house. And I remember I was cleaning the kitchen and I hear this sermon and it was a pastor named Tim Keller. Mm. And he was talking about modern day idolatry. Wow. And I was like, I've never heard of that before. I mean, I knew not to bow down to a statue, right? Yeah, I knew yeah. like to not look at the Buddha at the Chinese restaurant, right? right? Like yeah. I knew idols were bad, but yeah. I had never connected mm -hmm. that there were modern day idols that weren't statues that didn't mm -hmm. look like Buddha, but that I was actually bowing down to every day. Yeah. And so as I listened to Tim Keller talk, something in me just like the switch just flipped and I felt like the Holy Spirit whispered to me, that's your problem your body image is an idol. 
Mm. And that changed my life. I mean, yeah. as I started to process that this wasn't about me understanding scripture, understanding that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. It wasn't about those things. It was about the truth that I was bowing down to mm. the scale on my bathroom floor wow. every morning, looking, looking for my value and worth from yep. what that scale told me or yeah. looking into the mirror and saying, affirm me mirror, mm. <laughs> tell me that I'm valuable. Tell me that I'm, I'm worthy. Right. And I was worshiping mm. this idol that I believed would get me everything I wanted in life. Right. Yeah. I believed if I could just get the body, then I would have love. Right. That's what I believed mm -hmm. about getting married. If I could just get the body, then I would have joy and peace and everything mm. I ever wanted. And it was a false kind of salvation. Yeah. It wasn't true salvation in Christ. It was a false salvation. I was seeking salvation through a body transformation or through a makeover, mm. not the kind of salvation that Jesus had already offered me. Mm. And so that yeah. that's my story. That's when everything turned around for me, mm. when I finally started to feel freedom from the clutches yeah. of constant body obsession. And, yeah. and, and when God really redeemed my story and showed me, okay, you know, mm. I am in the life transformation business. Mm. And so beautiful. So, there's always a before and after story when we come to Christ. Mm -hmm. And yep. I don't think I really knew my before and after story, but through my journey of body image struggle and through God pointing out to me my struggle with idolatry, mm. that has become my before and after story. Mm. So beautiful. How I, I know the girls are thinking in their heads right now as they're listening or they're watching, okay, Heather, I'm like raising my hand, like this has been a thing for me. Um, and I understand what you're saying. You know, there's these biblical truths and I need to put the Lord first, like Matthew 6, 33 talks okay. about, but how do I do that? How do I start believing what the word says about me is true? How do I, how do I let right. that marinate in my heart louder, I guess, right. than the voice of this world? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the first step and, and this, this may be a little unconventional, mm -hmm. but the first step is always to see that idol, mm -hmm. right? Because I, the, you know, the idolatry commandment is first for a reason, yep. <laughs> right? I've heard totally. pastors preach about how, like, it's once you have a problem with idolatry, that's when it opens the doors for yeah. all of those other things to come in, so right? True. And and I believe it's the same with our body image, right? Like we mm -hmm. have to decide whether or not we're going to define beauty mm -hmm. by the word or by the world. I love right? it. And, but, but everything coming at us, social media, Netflix, like you name it, everything mm -hmm. we are consuming gives us this worldly definition of beauty, right? Yep. And, and and we know that we shouldn't believe it. We know mm. we should believe the word's definition. But I will tell you, it is impossible until you see how that idol is operating in your life. Mm. Until you see that there is a shiny object yes. <laughs> being waved in front of you saying, if you just looked like that girl on the magazine cover, mm -hmm. then you would feel completely different. Until we yep. see how we are buying those lies, yep. I believe it's impossible to, to really believe what God's word says about us. Because yes. that idol is loud. And for most women, he has been yelling at us since we were in elementary school, high yep. school, junior high, college. Yep. At some point, he starts whispering his lies. And what's been interesting over the last seven years, I've been talking to women on this issue, mm. working with women, speaking to women. So many of them come to me with the same story. They're like, Heather, like mm. my, like the words were exactly the same. <laughs> yes. Did you, you know, write, and, did you read my journal? Right. 
Right, yeah. exactly. And yeah. so it's so interesting because it just shows me that Satan is not creative. Mm-hmm. He is not like he's no. just throwing the same lies at all of us. Yeah. And that's why I feel so strongly about this because I feel like if we would be free enough to communicate mm-hmm. with each other about it, yeah. we would start to recognize, oh wait. Yeah. This this isn't really about me. This is yeah. about the enemy of my soul yeah. lying to me, just like he's lying to all of my sisters around me. Yeah. And it's it's time for us to stop being conned. Yeah. It's time for us to stop falling for this guy, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, um, I think the point that I love so much about what you said earlier in, in that response was this. You said that we have a choice. Mm-hmm. And so I think and this might make people feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I feel like I'm supposed to say it. We can all live very hard stories or we can live, Mm -hmm. you know, in the lies from elementary school. And we have a choice of staying in the victim posture of, I will always be like this, or I'm going to choose what I'm going to consume. Like our world is all of these things, comparison and all those things, but I'm going to choose how much time I'm on social media. I'm going to choose how much time I look at Pinterest and compare my house to their house, you know, and that can be um, empowering to know that we have Mm -hmm. choice. And at the same time, it can feel like, oh, that stings a little bit. You mean I actually Mm -hmm. get a a say in that, you know, the word talks about that when a thought comes to our mind that we have the choice to take it captive. Right. And I think sometimes as, as women are like, but that's the lie that we've been told. I mean, not just body image, but in lots of things, that's, mm-hmm. I need to earn love. And so I need to find a husband and I need to do this and I need to do that. And, and the Lord's like, seek me first, right. put me right. first. And I love the idea and the concept that we're in a sense calling the enemy to the carpet and saying, you have about three ploys and right. we're going to say no to all three of them or whatever they are, just because he does, he uses the same lies with Absolutely. all of us. Oh my goodness. Um, we're going to first, let me ask you this. If a, if a girl is watching right now and she wants to take one next step she wants to she's like okay i've been in this spot for a long time i've been dieting i've been looking in the mirror i've been doing all these things heather what is the one next step that i can take the one next step is confession Mm -hmm. right and so what what i love about this is if you see the body image idol yeah right then you have to see that as sin yeah. And and no one ever cheers when it's like, oh, yay. Mm-hmm. She told me I'm sinning. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so great. No, totally. but listen, I think this is fabulous news, right? Because I lived most of my life thinking that because I was female, this was going mm-hmm. to be my problem. That it was just a normal girl problem. I was going to have to carry like lug this giant bag of normal girl issues around because I was female. I was always yeah. going to have to be obsessed over this. It was just part of the deal, right? Yeah. And so when I recognize, no, wait a second here the root of my problem is actually sin Hmm. and guess what there's a cure for sin right first john 1 9 if we confess our sins he's faithful and just forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness there's a solution it doesn't have to be this big bag of issues that I carry around with me for the rest mm-hmm. of my life, I can actually be free. So step one is confession. And I've got mm-hmm. a zillion practical steps after yeah. that. But yeah. if you skip step one, yeah. you can limit your Instagram. You can, you know, not yeah. watch Netflix anymore. You can do all those things and you can still struggle, mm-hmm. right? Because you are stuck in a sin that has mm-hmm. its clutches on you and is separating you from God. Yeah. So just confess the sin. He's so gracious to forgive mm-hmm. us, right? And then you can step forward with the 
okay, practically, what do I need to do next? Right. Well, I think um, who I feel like we're supposed to speak to right now is that good girl, right? Mm -hmm. Is the girl that's like, sometimes we forget because we've done it right most of our lives that we need grace too. We need forgiveness too. Cause we've tried to earn our way to be this right. good girl. And it's like, Oh man, this means, this means that we need Jesus too. Like not Absolutely. that just, you know, we, and we don't need to perform for him that he is. I was listening to um, a sermon last night and it talked about, you know, the Lord has this inheritance for us. Well, an inheritance is something that we don't have to earn. Right. It's all Absolutely. about grace. Right. And that's a good thing, especially right. for us who want to try to earn our way into love or earn our way into performance or earn our way into accolades. It's like right. now with Jesus, we get to come like no makeup and all, whether our body looks fit or doesn't look fit. Right. We just get to be him instead of the speed. Right. That. Yeah. In, in my book, The Bird of Better, I talk all about perfectionism and idealism, mm. right? Because I believe a lot of us, a lot of women I talk to would be like, oh, I don't compare myself to other people. Yeah. I just compare myself to the me that I want to be, yep. right? The, the me in my head, my ideal. Mm. But the reality is when we are striving to be our ideal self, yep. we're actually striving to serve an idol of self, right? Yep. Our ideals are often our idols. And so what happens, Bethany, is we create this list, right? Mm. Here is the list of things that Heather needs to mm. be acceptable to Heather, right? Yep. I need to weigh this amount. I need to have children that look like this. I need to have a home that looks like this. I need to yep. achieve this in my career. And this is my list of things I need to please myself. Mm. And I have to imagine Jesus standing there like, hey, mm. what what is that list? I didn't write that list for you. That in I'm not holding, here. yeah, I'm not holding yeah. into that list yes. um, and then to take that one step further into the ouchy zone like why is it more important that you work on your list mm-hmm. than bring it girl just receiving the grace that i've already given you and mm-hmm. i have a list for you but it's pretty short i just ask mm-hmm. you to obey me and, and you know and so that's where we get all muddled up right yep. and we think well this is me it's yep. in, it's just me and yep. and i'm not it's, it's just me this is me and it's good and and to back to you, what you were saying on the thoughts mm-hmm. thing like just mm-hmm. because you think it doesn't mean it's true right. and then to take that one step further just because you think it doesn't mean it's good mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it's a standard you have to set it doesn't mean it's something you have to achieve right that's there's good. lots of ways these idols sneak in and yep. say this is what will make you happy yep. this is what will satisfy you and Mm. and again i just see jesus over there like nah you know if you chase that thing you're just going to get tired Mm. and you're just going to get frustrated and you're just going to find out once again that it's not what you're looking Mm. for i'm just i'm right over here (laughs) whenever you're ready and then and then you know really the sin in that with the idol of self Mm. the sin that we have to address is just our pride yeah. Right. We're saying, I see what you did for me on the cross, Jesus. I just like to add a little bit to it. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure that's enough. Right. Wow. Like, that was that was nice. That was good. Yeah. But yeah. as soon as I weigh this amount or as soon as I achieve this status, mm-hmm. then then I'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and so it's hard. I mean, and I'm only saying yeah. this of someone who has done it all, mm-hmm. all wrong. Right. Yeah. And had to yeah. confess over and over again for my yeah. pride and my idol of self and my body mm-hmm. image idol and all those things things that just sneak in in various mm. different ways. But but once you can see those those distractions, yeah. Yeah. there's so much freedom there. There's so much freedom. Heather, for you, do you have kind of like a, 
filter question or a barometer to kind of say, you know, I'm not that, not that you've arrived. No, none of us have arrived, but I'm to where you're like, Hey, I have a pulse on this and I'm not doing well in this area. So I need to retract. I need to hit the reset button again. What does that look like for you tangibly? Yeah. You know, there's a couple different things. I mean, it's definitely taking thoughts captive. And so I can kind of start to tell like, okay, wait a second. I'm, you know, you, you can't, you can perhaps, mm. but for most of us, you, there's going to be a thought that's going to come that you're not going to be able to stop, right? Yeah. So this first, those tempting thoughts is what I would yeah. call them, right? And you're not sinning when you're tempted, no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so those tempting thoughts come in, oh, you would, you'd have a much better life if you weighed mm. 20 pounds less, right? And then I, I should, I should really just go on that new diet so I can lose the 20 pounds so my life will be better. Yeah. And then you spend all morning researching the diet and, you know, and, and, it's, it's only, so th- there's this first couple thoughts and then it's what you do with them, right? And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that all diets are bad. I'm not saying anything like that, yep. but I'm saying for those of us that are obsessed with yep. that, <laughs> then it can be bad. And so for mm-hmm. me, I start to recognize, oh, wait a second here. I've been mm-hmm. indulging these thoughts. They keep mm-hmm. coming. This is six hours later. I'm still thinking that, okay, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Oh, I'm believing that lie that I would be more valuable if I weighed less or that yeah. my life would be better or that I'd be more worthy. So I need to cut that off now. I need to shake that. I need to take that thought mm-hmm. captive, lay it at the yeah. foot of the cross and, and move on. That's yeah. one way. Another way for me is I've started to pay attention to my gut, mm. right? And this is biblical too, yeah. right? Because it, through, throughout the word, you know, there's, there's different references to our stomach and how it feels. Mm. But if I'm scrolling Instagram and all of a sudden I go from, I'm fine to, I feel a little sick to my stomach, mm. right? I, I try to stop right then and like, okay, what made me feel that way? Was it the picture of that girl in a bikini on her vacation? Mm. Was it envy? Is that yeah. what made me feel that way? Um, you know, is it the body image idol coming through that? But it made me like, what has made, and then stop and identify it and be like, oh, you know what? Jesus, forgive me for envying mm. her, right? And then, and then yeah. move on, but yeah. not to let that feeling go, not let that mm. feeling linger, but to recognize it. Okay. Something things off. What triggered me? Okay. What, what did I do in that trigger? How, you know, did I stumble and, and then correct and move on? Yeah. Mm, so good. Um, I think about the scripture, you know, where it talks about that we are called to treat our body like a temple. And I want to bring that scripture to mind because it came to my heart. How do we find the dance between those? Does yeah. that make sense? Not my being obsessed yep. but treating our body like a temple. My favorite question ever. Okay. <laughs> so, <Good>. what, <laughs> so what is a temple used for? Mm. A temple is used for worship, right? You don't go. So just to like put it in modern day terms, you don't go to the church and stand outside your church and like, wow, we love you. Church building, church building. You are awesome. Like mm. pray, all praise the church building right now. Your, your church building is a vehicle that we use to worship God. Mm. Guess what? Your body is a temple that is to be used to worship God. And what too often happens with that verse is we turn that into my body is a temple. So it has to look worshipable. Yep. 
right? It has to look like something that should be worshiped. It has to be, I need to be hot for Jesus, right? I need glory and honor and worship Mm -hmm. coming at me because my body is a temple. No, no, no. Your Mm -hmm. body needs to be used for worship. And so what I instruct women to do, and if you are just listening to this, you'll have to (laughs) to use your imagination. Um, And I normally, oh, I do have my little mirror right here. All right. Um, it's cracked, which probably has some symbolism there, but I won't. Yeah. I won't try to tie that in. Uh, it was just in the bottom of my purse. What are you going to do? I know. I know. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't have anything for that right now. But so, so just picture a mirror, right? And so, a lot of the advice you get in secular culture is to just stare in the mirror long and hard until you love what you see. And I feel like even in the church, that's kind of what we've done with the whole, you know, your body's a temple thing. Like you just, you just make your temple as hot as possible, right? Like that's what it's yeah. all about. Having a yeah. hot temple, right? Yeah. But so here's what I actually think we're called to do. Instead of looking in the mirror long mm-hmm. and hard until we love what we see there, I think we're actually supposed to do this. Just so if you're just imagining this, if you're listening, just kind of tilt your mirror from looking straight at you to tilt it up with a little urgh. And you tilt your mirror up. And I think that's what we're actually called to do as believers, worshipers, followers of Jesus, right? We are on this earth to glorify and reflect mm, him. Good. Right. My job on this planet is not to look as hot as possible. (laughs) Right. My job is to reflect Jesus. And the good news is I can reflect Jesus without looking like a cover model. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, think about people like Mother Teresa. Mm. Right. That woman was not anything to look at. (laughs) Right. But how beautiful was she? Right. I mean, and so if you think and and then really, you know, honestly, if we think about people we know, Mm. right, what makes them beautiful is not what they look like on the outside. It's the whole package. Right. And and often it's seeing Jesus's light shine through Mm. them that makes a woman truly beautiful. And we know this like instinctively, we can probably all think of a really hot woman we knew Mm -hmm. or maybe the hot girl in high school who was just mean and no one liked her. And you don't think she's beautiful anymore because, you know, her personality. Right. So so. We know this stuff and yet, Mm -hmm. and yet the enemy still uses those lies and convinces us. No, but if you looked like her, (laughs) things would be different. But, but so I I call that the mirror tilt where you take your mirror and you tilt it up because our real job here is just to reflect him. And so back to the temple thing, our real job with our bodies, Mm -hmm. reflect Jesus and use them for worship. Amen. I think that takes the pressure off. Preach, preach, <laughs> preach, Heather. Um, you mentioned that you wrote a book and it's called The Burden of Better, How to Live or How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, Peace, and Rest. Tell me, I know how I haven't written a book, but I've talked to a lot of authors and you put your heart and soul into books. Mm-hmm. It is a lot of time to write down your story and to communicate what you feel like God has given you. So who when you were writing or typing on your computer or um, who was your heart for? Who who did you write this book for? So I, I, this is my second book, actually. Mm. So my first book is called Compared to Who, and mm. that was my body image story. And so over the years, that book released in 2017, over the years, I had many, many, many women write to mm. me like, oh my word, did you, have you, you, how'd you get inside my head? Yeah. Like, this is yeah. my story too, those yeah. sorts of things. Um, but then I also had women reach out and say, okay, I think I'm doing okay with body image. Mm. What do I do about all the other ways I compare myself to other mm, women? What do I do about the ways I compare my kids and my house and my marriage or my lack of marriage, Mm -hmm. you know, like all these different areas I am stuck comparing in and I can't Mm -hmm. get out. What do I do? And so they're like, will you write on that? And I was like, oh, sure. 
Oh, wait. <laughs> well, I don't, do I know the answer for that? So I really, I spent time, um, just researching scripture and just praying and like, okay, God, what is the way out of the life of comparison? Is it possible to have a comparison free life? Because honestly, I had read some Christian books that told me it wasn't Mm. because comparison is just a natural instinct that I was Mm. always going to compare myself. And there was really no solution. There were some books I had read that kind of offered some, what I call Jedi mind tricks. Mm. Like when you compare, then just say, I am happy for you. Mm. And, you know, convince yourself that you were happy for the person. I was like, man, I don't know. I can say I'm happy for you and still feel really, really envious right. <laughs> and yeah. not be happy for you. Yeah. It doesn't work on me. Um, yeah. And so, so as I kind of prayed through this and started writing, I kind of tend to like think and write at the same time. Mm. What God really showed me was the answer is grace. Mm. Right. The answer is I, I, the, the answer to comparison is really a deeper understanding of grace. Like we think that our comparison issues are related to insecurity mm. or, you know, not understanding, you know, like that someone else's highlights reel is what we're seeing instead of our behind the scenes. But I, I think all of that is just cliche. I mm. think the real answer is we have to have a deeper understanding of God's grace and all the different ways it manifests ourselves in our, in our lives. If we're ever going to be free from comparison. Mm. And then part of that is, is gratitude as well. But I feel like gratitude is something that's, you know, that's everyone's talking about gratitude, right? And you don't even have to be a believer to be grateful, yeah. right? Yeah. But as believers, and, and really, I think the secret to gratitude is understanding gratitude in the context of grace, right? 100%. If you just take gratitude outside of, of the Christian context, it yep. can only go so far, right? Yep. Like, thank you for my house. Oh, and thank you for my house. I really wish I had that house. Thank you mm-hmm. for my house. Oh, that house would be so much nicer. Thank you for my, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like this tug of war, right? But if we yep. truly have a deeper understanding of God's grace, wow, that gratitude can be so much richer, so much deeper and so much more meaningful and can mm-hmm. really can really help us in our comparison issues. Um, but yeah, so Burden of Better is just, a, it's a book about comparison in every way. I talk about the spiritual roots of comparison, why mm-hmm. we get stuck there. And then the last part of the book is a, just a journey through grace, a journey mm-hmm. into the different kinds of grace that are operating in our lives, and then how to find joy, peace, and rest yeah. um, and, and live a comparison-free life. Mm, I love that. You've uh, mentioned pride a little bit. Can you kind of unpack how that interacts with this? And I know that's another word. We're just like making people all sorts of uncomfortable today, but that's okay. (laughs) This is how we grow. We're doing it all together. So we can touch on pride. Yeah. Yeah. So pride's an interesting one, right? Because... Well, let me let me back up just a little bit. So if you Google right now, like, how do I overcome body image issues? What's going to come up are about a zillion entries that tell you you need more self-esteem. Right. Mm. We talk about even in the church, we have been co-opted in the church into the self-esteem movement. Mm. It's about self. You just you need to know you're good enough. And then sometimes we add a in Jesus behind there and sometimes we don't. Right. But you just you just need to you love you. Self-love is another thing like you just. Oh, it's all about you. And you just need to know how great you are. And Mm -hmm. and we use this language that has very much been taken from culture that focuses Mm. us in towards ourselves, right? And yeah. so so just so thinking about self-esteem, there's so much research out there as to what's actually happened since the self-esteem movement began in the late 70s, early 1980s. And what's happened is we've raised a generation of narcissists, right? Mm, call it. And yep. so, so the tricky thing with self-esteem and, and where a lot of us get into trouble, right, is we're like, well, 
I obviously, I struggle with body image, so I don't have a problem with self-esteem. Mm. I don't have high self-esteem and that's when it's bad, right? Because yep. that's narcissism, right? But then if you really think about it, what low self-esteem is, is, is not the opposite of high self-esteem. Low self-esteem is very similar to high self-esteem in that you think you are too bad for everyone. You, you think you are worse than everyone, maybe too low for God's grace, right? The person who has high self-esteem or narcissistic is too good for God's grace. The person who has low self-esteem yeah. is too is too bad for God's grace, right? So, so yeah. then that leaves us with there's some squishy place in the middle we're mm. supposed to have some amount of self-esteem that's just right. And I think that's poppycock. Like, that's just not a thing, right? Like, yeah. like what we need is we need more Christ esteem, right? We need mm. to take our eyes off of our thighs and put them on him. Oh, we need to stop focusing on ourselves so much. And so, so back to your question of pride, mm. really pride is the root of a lot of this, right? We're stuck thinking about me and how can I change and how can I be better and how can my life be better and me, 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 right? And, and I think the freedom comes not thinking less of yourself, right? This is a C.S. Lewis quote, but it's thinking of yourself less, right? Yeah. I mean, C.S. Lewis, yes. it's, it's, it's not thinking, it, humility is not thinking less of oneself. It's thinking yes. of oneself less. And yes. Tim Keller calls it the freedom of self-forgetfulness, mm. right? When it's, so it's not self-neglect. It's yeah. not self-hatred. It's yeah. none of those things, but it's really the freedom just to take your eyes off yourself and mm -hmm. off your life and fix them on something bigger and better, which is yep. Jesus. Absolutely. And that's where the freedom comes in. Mm, so good, girl. Um, if I were grabbing your book today, which you can do where, where can we all, get it? All the places, every all place Christian places. books are Amazon, sold. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, okay. Walmart, you name it. Yep, it's everywhere. Um, what would you hope that I would take away? Oh, I would hope that, that your first takeaway would be that freedom is possible, mm -hmm. right? I believe most of the women, when, when I first meet them, either through my podcast or through my blog, come to me from a point of, I had just decided this was the way it was always going to be. Yeah. I was always going to live with this constant barrage of thoughts on how I should be better, do better, could, you know, that this was just, like I said at the very beginning, a normal girl problem and there was no way to ever escape it. Yeah. And so my hope would be first that you would see there is a path out. Now mm -hmm. it's not, it's not going to, I would love to say, read my book and in two short mm -hmm. weeks, you'll be yeah. completely free, right? right? Like I don't want to overpromise, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But I do, I do believe that reading my books could be the first step on your journey mm, towards yeah. finding freedom, right? Like God, God puts us on journeys. Like I've yeah. been walking this out for a decade now. Yeah. So I'm able to freely uh, speak about things that like would have really bogged me down eight years mm. ago, nine years ago. Right. So it's, it's a journey. It's mm. a, it's a process, but I think the good news is you've got to start somewhere, mm -hmm. right? So why not start today, start now and start walking towards your freedom because mm. it, it is possible. Gosh, it's so good because, of, well, everything you said, but in addition, like a thought that just came to me was, you know, there's a scripture and I should have it memorized, but I don't where it talks about the, you know, there's power in our testimony, the word of our testimony. And, you know, how we were both talking about very earlier on in the podcast was that these were stories, my story and your story, we didn't want to share. Right. And that's part of the enemy. He wants us to not share because then he knows there's freedom from that. It's, Absolutely. it's like the secrets out it, Here's the transparency. Here's the vulnerability. And so yeah. I don't know. I just feel like speaking to the person who's listening right now and they're like, I could never share this. I could never mm -hmm. do this. 
I promise you that's also where there's freedom found because it's not a dark secret. You know, the scripture talks about that um, the Lord will bring the light to the dark. And sometimes that's a choice of choosing to be able to share with someone who's walking through it because we've fought through it as well. So I just want to encourage whoever's listening in that. Okay. So here's my question. If you could sit down with that elementary version of Heather, Mm -hmm. the one who first started looking at her body and questioning everything, you could sit down for a cup of coffee or you could go on the swings with her. What would you say to her? Mm. I think I would tell her you don't have to believe those lies, Mm. right? That those, that those are lies. They're not just, they're not your thoughts and that, that there, you have a very real enemy Mm. and he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, to use elementary school language, when I yeah. when I coach women, a lot of women that are coming out of some form of of ED eating disorder, mm-hmm. either diagnosed or undiagnosed, but I have them picture um, just kind of your stereotypical like movie. I don't know. Mm-hmm just not a nice guy, like the the guy with the wife beating tank top with the beer gut and the stubble and a cigar hanging out of the side, no hair, you know, just, you know, just that kind of guy. And I I have him picture him and I'm like, okay, if this is the guy telling you these things that you're hearing all day long, Mm. would you take him seriously? Mm. Like, or or would you feel empowered to be like, I don't have to listen to you. Like, that's ugh, good to put a know, visual. What do you on know that? about beauty anyway, right? Yeah. And so yeah. to go back to your 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 question, I think yeah. I would somehow encourage her. Hey, mm. this this person whispering to you is not a nice person. So mm. you just tell them to shut up. You yeah. don't have to listen to their lies. Their lies are not doing anything for you. You know, yeah. their lies are not going to help you as you get older. So yeah. you just listen to God and what God says in His Word, and know that you can just tell all those other thoughts you have to shove it. (laughs) Mm, Love it. Um, Don't forget to grab her book, The Burden of Better. And Heather's so stinking amazing. And you guys love to read. So we're doing a book giveaway. You can enter to win her book at bringingherhope.com. Heather, I know people are going to want to connect with you. How can they do that? Yeah, they can connect with me at comparetowho.me. I have a free, it's like a walking workout download. Mm -hmm. It's a 30 minute guided walk to lose the weight of comparison. So it's not really a weight loss thing, but it's kind of, I talk you through how to stop struggling with comparison. Um, And I have a body image quiz on there too. So lots of fun stuff. So it's comparetowho.me. I'm comparetowho on socials everywhere. And my podcast is comparetowho. Perfect. So if you're driving, if you're not watching this, if you're doing laundry, if you're doing all the things, all of those are at the show notes on any podcast platform that you all are listening to. Heather, thank you so much. This conversation was just, I don't, I don't know about y'all, but it was uplifting to me. So I'm super, <laughs> I'm glad that we got to have this time. Thank you for being transparent. Thank you mm-hmm. for speaking words out loud that some of us are afraid to even just voice in our own room. So I just appreciate that more than you know. And I'm so excited for this book launch and just be praying God's favor upon it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I loved my conversation with Heather today. It's so good to get to know her and hear her heart and hear her story and hear that, yes, she struggles with things that I know myself and probably you have struggled with as well, and that we get to point ourselves, fix our eyes on Jesus, the one who says who we are, that we are a workmanship, that we are a piece of art, that he has a purpose and a plan for our lives, that we are called beautiful in his eyes. 
I hope you know that today. Just a reminder, if you want to enter to win the book giveaway for The Burden of Better by Heather Creekmore, you can do so at bringingherhope.com. Well, until then, you keep living those brave stories for Jesus. I wanted to take a moment to give a shout out to our sponsor of the Bringing Her Hope podcast, Friends of Hope. Friends of Hope is a nonprofit ministry dedicated to the support of Christian radio, Christian events, new media, and activities that share the good news of Jesus Christ. So thanks again, Friends of Hope, for sponsoring the Bringing Her Hope podcast so we can continue to share more brave and beautiful stories of God's redemption.